While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. intro music plays so loud right. that I don't know if I'm <laughs> on the air or not. <clears throat> I'm telling, I keep telling people ever since I had my Saturday show that one day I'll be good at this. It's not today, but it might be tomorrow. <laughs> it might be tomorrow, <laughs> but all of you who have been listening over the last few years. You're, you're all part of the journey. So exactly. F- so 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening with special guest host, Jared Valenzola, a longtime Republican activist and an elected official of Plymouth County Commissioner. Um, so Jared, we, we know that there's a new leadership in the state party. Uh, Jim Lyons has been, uh, has been ousted pretty close vote for yeah. state party GOP. And uh, uh, Jess Machado, um, our friend and uh, WBSM uh, host Jess Machado, has been really leading the conversation, I think, statewide on this uh, for a long time. And so we're hoping to hear from her at some point before the the show's over. I think she's going to call in to the show. But if you want to call in and make any comments on that, you can at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. We've sort of, you know, Jared and I have talked about uh, Jared's thoughts on how the state party should should move ahead going forward. Um, And I'd like to move on to uh, uh, another topic, which, and again, if you want to talk about the the state party uh, vote, that's, I think that's all Still very good and interesting. You can give us a call, 508-996-0500, or message us on the WBSM app chat. We've gotten a few messages that have come in over the first hour. So, um, Jared, moving on to, you talked about some of, uh, you know, basically uh, building a farm team for statewide office, and a lot of that has to do with lower-level elected seats. You yourself are a county commissioner. For people who don't know what the county commissioners are, what they do, can you explain that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So we are um, in Plymouth County, Plymouth, Bristol County, Norfolk County, Barnstable. Barnstable. Basically, all the counties, Norfolk South, um, still have uh, county governments, well, county commissioners. Well, let's, in a little bit of the history of that for people who don't know, and maybe you know a little bit more than me yeah. about this, but 97. Um, actually, Tony Cabral, New Bedford rep, was the chair of the county, uh, the county, the committee on counties in the state house. But Bill Weld, one of his initiatives was basically cracking down on county governments because of mismanagement. And so there were some counties that were able to retain their commissioners, some that weren't. So yes. Plymouth County is one of them. Is that more or less the the history of it? That is. Um, you know, I think Governor Weld was also reacting to a lot of the mismanagement in some of the counties, you know, it was Mm -hmm. sort of a a journey for some of them. One of them had a severe pension liability issue that it was never going to be able to meet. I don't remember if that was Worcester or Middlesex. Middlesex, I think, had a hospital that was, that went went awry. liability. So, you know, one of the things, you know, so they they eliminated them. I think it's important to to bear in mind that county commissioners, at least in this state, um, we've been around since 1685 when we merged Plymouth Colony and Mass Bay Colony. Wow. That's when the Mass General Court was created. So your state reps and senators can trace their seat 1685. to 1685. I can trace my commissioner's seat to 1685. So we've been That's around. Incredible. Uh, yeah, thanks. A long time. I don't know why I said thanks. I haven't been there that long. But um, but it's... Uh, <laughs> you did this interview would go a different way in a much more interesting exactly, way. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but so... 
you know, one of the things to note is, you know, if you ever see a county road in your community, the county built it at some point. So, okay. so county governments in Massachusetts, much like nationally, had a lot of power, a lot of responsibility, slowly but surely, as is very unique to New England, as most communities began taking on a lot of services, and then the states are taking on a lot of services, it started leaving Plymouth County out, but I th- or all the counties out, and then... Again, liability. Sheriff's office being one of the big ones in 2009. The yeah. sheriff's office used to be under county uh, county government management, then the state took it. They did. They did. Yeah. And in Plymouth's case, we had built a new jail mm-hmm. for the sheriff, and uh, the state took the building and left us continuing to pay the bond. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Thankfully, legislation fixed, remedied that. But, yeah. you know, the point we made, it would be like if somebody came in and took your house but still made you pay the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. like, well, what? <laughs> so uh, we, got, we got a call on the line, 508-996-0500. Let's take it. Good evening. You're live on uh, South Coast tonight. Good evening. Uh, Corey Welch calling in. I host a show with Jared. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, Corey. How are you? A lovely crossover, Corey. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I, I, I was informed about the vote, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's great. Um, it's sad that it was such a close uh, vote. I mean, I think, uh, I think those committee members should really take a look in the mirror, and uh, I think they should, should all be challenged. Uh, I mean, the, the failure of Jim Lyons is just, it, it, it's unbelievable that those many people thought it was still a good idea. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. I don't know what these people were thinking. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to uh, for the Republican Party uh, in Massachusetts? What do you think Amy Carnavali can bring to the table? Um, I think just to bring some, bring us together, you know what I mean? I mean, one common goal, I mean... Well, you yeah, just call, you just call, you, you're headhunting right now. You just called for the people who voted for Jim Lyons <laughs> to be out. <laughs> well, they, they made a bad decision. They all made a bad decision. They made, and they had a chance to, they had a chance to, to, to get them out before, and they still didn't do it then. Right. And, and, and then, you know, and, I, and then it led it down, then it led us down this path, you know, uh, Jeff Deal ran, Charlie Baker decided not to, not to, and now we're stuck with Maura Healy. Right. Stuck with. Marcus might disagree with the stuck with part of that, but... I didn't get rid of those other committee members, then we can start to heal. Well, it's it's interesting, Corey, because I think, you know, we've talked about it for years. Marcus, you'll be interested to know, do you know how I met Corey? How'd you meet him? We ran against each other in a Republican primary for state rep in 2010. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... I, I, so, I mean, that's when he and I both got involved, right? Was in right. that race, and we saw some of yep. the incompetence of the mass GOP back then. I called them and said, is anybody running for state rep in my district? And they said, no. Find out months later, maybe a year later, Corey and I are at an event. I think it was for Bob Headland, Corey, if you remember. I can't remember. I think it was a, definitely a Tosca. Um, and we were talking, yep. and I go, when did you decide to run? And he goes, I told him in, like, January I was running, and I ran, decided to run in April. I'm like, how mm-hmm. did they not pay attention to Yeah, this? right. Yeah. You know, I would have never yeah. run if I knew Corey was already running. Um, but I think, you know, I think, I think, I think Amy brings a different temperament, and I think that that's important to note is – is the approach and the temperament. I think she's going to be able to raise money. You know, you can say one way or the other, it's fair or unfair that people stopped giving to the mass GOP. I don't think it was because of the ideology of the chairman. Mm-hmm. I think it was because you just can't be rude to people. You know, if I, Corey has donated to me every campaign I run, but if I constantly call Corey an a-hole and beat the crap out of him, Corey, are you going to donate any money to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless that's your kink, you know? Right. Yeah, right, right. Unless, Unless that's, that's your kink. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Corey, I appreciate you calling in. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience no, with? that's it. All yeah, right. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Corey. Appreciate it. Talk to it. you soon. Great job, guys. Talk Thanks. So, um, uh, 
you know, actually to that point before we get back on the county commissioner stuff, um, the so we were talking about sort of the disorganization you're running for state rep, not, you know, people not knowing who's running for what. Um, right. We had Pat Haddad, the Somerset rep. Mm-hmm. I, I I like Pat a lot. I've, I've had her in for a, a long conversation. We also had Justin Thurber, who was running against her, a Republican. It's a fairly more conservative district, and I think the splits were pretty, you know, not not terrible for 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 Thurber. But he told us the story about how he got the nomination. He reached out to the leadership there. And he basically, they basically said, yeah, well, if we find somebody that we like more, we'll, we'll let you know, you know, we'll, we'll take them. But if not, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take you, even though he's <laughs> going forward. He seemed like a pretty on paper, pretty good candidate. I talked to him here. We had some robust discussions about the things that I didn't, you know, and Chris agreed with him more on stuff than I did. But, right. um, we had some robust discussions with him, uh, Chris and I, and, uh, and we were just sort of like, uh, kind of floored by the fact that they were just like, yeah, well, just hold on. You know, we might like another person because I, th- I guess he was unenrolled, but really, who cares? And then he found out through like some sort of uh, graphic that was tweeted out Justin Thurber will stop the driver's license bill with Pat, uh, you know, Pat Haddad and all of that stuff. So, right. Um, just sort of spoke to the disorganization of it. I mean, I'll tell you a, a funny story. And I, I actually had a conversation with the prior chair about this. Um, in 2020, there was a race in uh, Kingston. Kingston Plymouth, the incumbent state rep is uh, Kathy Lenatra. She's a, a Democrat. Yes. Uh, I get along with her very well. And I should note, you know, in my capacity as a county commissioner, I have a great relationship with all the legislators in Plymouth County. And we're very lucky um, across the board, mm-hmm. Republican and Democrat and the senators as well. Senator Roderick, Senator Montigny. Um, so we're very Friends lucky. Friends of the show. Yeah. And yeah. we're very lucky, I think, to have that relationship um, across the board. But I remember um, she had an opponent and... and, and the master, so Rep. Lenatra is married to a cop. She is married to a police officer. Mm-hmm. She voted against the police reform bill that we were talking about. She voted no. Sure. Mass GOP sent out a mailer calling her, you know, a radical leftist Democrat needs to be stopped, voted in favor of police reform. And I remember I said, I think I actually said it to, to the prior chairman now. I said, you know, that was an interesting mailer because it wasn't entirely accurate. And he goes, well, she's a Democrat. I go, I, I understand, but, you know, not all, look, Jim, you were a Republican rep. Not all Republican reps vote the same. Not yeah. all Democrats. She, and, and he goes, she's a radical left-wing Democrat. She doesn't support the police. I'm like, but she's married to a cop. Yeah. She voted against that bill. And, and I'm, this is a long story to get to the overall point. If you're a voter in Kingston who knows her yeah. and maybe are neighbors with her, know her husband who is a cop, you're going to be like, this is total Baloney and given it's total baloney and given how intimate like local elections are in state rep right. elections, most likely most of the people that voted for her know her personally and would probably be offended by that. It's one thing to run stuff. Like, I get it. She's a Democrat. You you know you want to get Republicans right. elected and all that. That that make that all makes sense. So sending negative mailers isn't the worst thing in the world. But lying, you don't have to lie about it, right? You just run try to campaign on something else right. besides that. I'm sure there's other votes that Republicans would think that she took that were uh, you know unfavorable for Republicans that they could have ran against. But I think lying is an entirely, uh, an entirely separate thing. Yeah, it's like, it's just the voting record was there. She didn't vote for it. And again, if you're living in that community, you're going to look at that and think, okay, well, that's not true. It's just not true. And that's and that's too bad. So, Jared, um, 
back to your work as a county commissioner. Yeah. We talked about some of the history of it and how there's there's a few county commissions left. Uh, your your seat was traced all the way back to 1685, which I think is really cool. Um, what is some of the stuff that you guys do now? Considering some of the you know some of the responsibilities have been uh, basically absorbed by the state, like overseeing the sheriff's office. And We're all no that. longer the parole board for the county jail. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like see, that a I lot. I kind of want that back. I like that a lot. I don't think those should be elected partisan positions. I agree. But, um, I, I do agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but a part of me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, but uh, but um, so so you so what are the some of the stuff that you guys do? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I, I love to give credit to. If I first really have to give credit to my predecessor, Commissioner Dan Pilata, uh, Commissioner Sandra Wright, who's been on since 2011, and Commissioner Dan. Uh, Commissioner Greg Hanley, as well as County Treasurer Tom O'Brien, um, they've been doing a lot of, in Register of Deeds, John Buckley, they've been doing a lot of work for many years to get Plymouth County to a point of maintaining relevance. There was a movement when the sheriff's offices were taken over from the county to the state to also eliminate Plymouth County. Okay, And their advocacy and their work blunted that elimination. We were not eliminated, but their hard work has also led us to being financially solvent. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the activities that we do, it's an interesting story. Um, we, one of the things that we do, and it's perhaps, you know, I, everything I'm going to talk about is the unfun parts of government. Yeah. Um, for instance, parking tickets. Nobody likes parking tickets. I hate parking tickets. Mm -hmm. But in 1982, the Commonwealth took the management of those tickets out of the hands of, of district court and foisted it on the municipalities okay. as an unfunded mandate. Right. Plymouth County immediately stepped in and since 1982 has been providing a service where count communities, not just in Plymouth County, we have, we call Plymouth County West out in the Berkshires. Mm -hmm. Great Barrington, I think, is our furthest west, or Tings, Tingham, way out there in the western part of the state. Um, we put out um, bids for services, um, or I'm sorry, we respond to requests for proposals, and then we bid with our services to manage the parking system. So folks will go onto a Plymouth County website, they will pay their parking ticket online, um, and that is saving communities and taxpayers a boatload of money. Uh, what's been happening a lot lately, and we've been picking up business with this, is a lot of the bigger national companies that handle this, say for Boston or New Bedford or the bigger cities, um, they're dropping the smaller municipalities because there's just not enough volume for it to matter. So Plymouth County, we've been cleaning up on onboarding a lot of smaller municipalities and we're doing it a lot cheaper. We have, um, we have the hardware, so they're going around writing tickets on a pad so it's professional and that gets in and processed at the county level so that way communities don't have to pay for someone to process parking tickets. Um, and I got to give credit to Jeff Welch, who's the deputy county treasurer, who's been handling that program for several years. So that's a program that we offer. One of the other programs that we've been offering is a vehicle bid grant. So we have uh, under contract with several local dealerships for police and um, well, yeah, police cars. Um, so communities can utilize the county's cooperative bid to purchase their police cars feedback I've received from communities that utilize it. We're cheaper and more efficient than dealing with the state. Oh, cool. Uh, so we're doing that. Uh, we do the Burn JAG grant, which is providing uh, public safety with certain apparatuses through the federal government. Brockton, Middleborough, Wareham, I'm blanking on the fourth town, have all gotten grants. I think Plymouth. Plymouth is a fourth town. Have received grants through the JAG Burn grant that our administrator, Frank Basler, hand, handles. And then we do the Plymouth County 4-H Extension Program, which has been growing by leaps and bounds. Um, a lot of our folks... Um, you know, they're at Ag Day at the State House. They're at the Marshfield Fair. Uh, they have students and volunteers. What's the name of that uh, program? 
4 H. So 4-H. it's our own extension 4 H program. Okay. Um, so just wh- explain for the audience what yeah. What exactly so 4 H heart. What's it? Heart, head, hands, and health. I yes. think is 4 H. So it's a community service um, geared towards agriculture. Okay. So Plymouth County. Uh, Probably one of the more agrarian. Well, Plymouth County is an interesting amalgamation of of a lot of the state. Very agrarian, and certainly the southern part with you know Rochester, Middleborough Farms, Cranberries, and Carver. Sure. Obviously, the old shoe mills in Brockton, the largest producer of shoes for the Northern Army in the Civil War, and then of course we have the coastline with our fishermen. So we're very diverse county in terms of our industries and economies. Sure. Uh, so the 4-H extension program has been supporting the East Middleborough Fair as well as the Marshfield Fair for many years, um, bringing students on board, learning about livestock, learning about how to work or live in operate in an agricultural setting. Um, so those those are the programs that we do day to day. One of the biggest things, though, that we've done, and, and I can talk more at length about this, was our own administration of the CARES Act, and now we're administering our own ARPA funds. Okay. So that has been the the biggest thing that Plymouth County has done. How much? So we got ninety million in CARES Act funds. Oh my God! And a hundred million in ARPA funds. <laughs> Oh Our budget is ten million dollars, and if you ask the Boston Globe, oh, they like to point that man. out. Indeed, indeed. Oh Nine. God! So, all right. So, my understanding here in in Bristol County, every town got their own allocation. They did, and that and was true across the, the Bristol state. County commissioners. Also, got their own money to ladle out as well. They did. Um, but you just got all of it, and you get to hand it out as you like. So with ARPA, same thing. So I don't. I don't mean to. I, that sounded pejorative. It kind of is because I'm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I of like money. the analogy of ladling it out. I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing the towns with the bowls, and we're just. Yeah. Please, sir, may I have another? Two million yeah. for you. He has four million <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think to understand what we're doing with ARPA now, I, I, I can give the listeners a little a little history with the CARES Act. So, in 2020, Congress passed the CARES Act. This was a response to COVID. In response to COVID, mm-hmm. and in that act, a hundred million dollars. Sorry, ninety million dollars was allocated to to Plymouth County. All counties. It's important to note all counties across the country were allocated these funds, but counties across the country, and I'm fully aware of this have more responsibilities. It's your county school board in Fairfax County, Virginia, not 27 school boards like it is in Plymouth County. Yeah. So they, it's county fire in Fairfax, Virginia, not 27 fire departments like it is in Plymouth County. So, so I, I'm, I, I'm cognizant that that was generally what the intention was. So Plymouth, Bristol and Norfolk County were all given their own CARES Act allocations. And all three counties said, we're going to do the CARES Act. The prior administration did not like that and (laughs) demanded that money be managed by the state. Bristol and Norfolk County said, yeah, you know what? On second thought, you're right. We'll give this money to the state. Plymouth County did not. And hold on, hold on. Plymouth County did not. You didn't. Well, I was not elected yet at that point. (laughs) So I say Plymouth County did not because I I have to give credit to my predecessor board. I was not elected at that point, but I did support them. So it was a campaign issue. Sure. And I fully supported the county doing the CARES Act because I'm a firm believer in in town and city government first, next up county, next up state, last and always least federal. That's just mm-hmm. the way I view government, very much like a pyramid. So I supported the county doing it. it they're local. I was very friendly with one of the, with the outgoing commissioner who I was running to replace. I had faith in his management of it. I, I knew Commissioner Wright. I had faith in her. Um, you know, I didn't know the treasurer that well at that time or Commissioner Hanley, but I, I knew instinctively that they if they felt like it was the right thing to do, then it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And to tie up the CARES Act, we delivered more money cheaper and faster than the Commonwealth did. In case in point, 
The city of Boston, this was one of the things that got left out when we were getting harangued to give the money back, is the city of Boston got their own direct cares allocation, too, and the state didn't demand they give them their money. Right. So it was selective outrage at the county, at, at Plymouth County, on the part of the, of the, of the state. We disseminated two and a half times more money to Plymouth County communities than what like-sized communities got outside of Plymouth County. Okay. And the biz, biggest example I, I made, it was this, this was the comparison, was the city of Brockton was comparable to the city of New Bedford, where the city of Brockton received $19 million in CARES Act money wow. from Plymouth County. New Bedford was allocated $8 million. I'm not sure if they got all $8 million because yeah. the state website last update, they they didn't. They yeah, may yeah. have in the end. I don't know. Wow. Um, but we disseminated $19 million to Brockton. That was more money than what Worcester received, Springfield. The only community in the state that got more than Brockton was Boston. And I have a great relationship with Mayor Sullivan up there in Brockton. And, and he has said, and I, it's, it's, it, it humbles me, but he has commented that that saved lives. Yeah. The, the money that went into that city to help them combat it was one of the hardest hit cities to COVID. Sure. Having those resources, you know, and it was a reimbursement program for masks and gloves and sanitizer and things like that. It saved lives. Um, so we managed that program successfully, received national recognition from the National Association of Counties. We were the first entity to not return any monies to the federal government. The state did. The state. So if we gave that money to the state, they would not have spent it all in Plymouth County, which was the caveat we asked them. Will you spend this in Plymouth County? And they said no. They gave money back to the federal government. We did not. Congressman Stephen Lynch gave us congressional recognition from the House of Representatives wow. for our performance. And we administered this at less than 1% cost. We It cost us $850,000 to administer the program, less than a million dollars. That meant all the money went out to Plymouth County communities. We bought test kits for every community to give out something like 375,000 test kits, um, which is a pretty good number. Yeah. We have about over half a million people, so almost a test per person, uh, thankfully. So we're extremely proud of that program. And, and I give that just for context of what leads into what we're doing with ARPA. Um, but we're proud of that program. And we're glad we did it. And I think it demonstrated what county government can do. And what I'm optimistic for county government going forward is continue to be used as the vehicle for programs and things like that that benefit our communities and, and taxpayers. Uh, 508-996-0500. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I forgot how much wind-up there was. Well, of course, the end is, is the best, what John says. We're not allowed to play it through. No, I know. I love that. Uh, we got, uh, we got, we got, I think we're allowed a certain amount of time before. I saw McCartney four times this past summer. He included this uh, song. And on another program tomorrow evening, I'll be in interviewing a former bandmate of his. That's incredible. I'm actually looking for, I, I actually watched other interviews. I, I put it that way purposely. No, I will not, unfortunately, be interviewing Ringo Starr. Um, <laughs> but I put it that way purposely because people are like, oh, wow, who is it? Like, is it Ringo? Uh, but I'm actually looking forward to talking to Denny Lane. That's going to be uh, really I, interesting. I am pretty sure Tim Weisberg's talking to him tomorrow at 10 uh, nice. a.m. here in WBSM. So he's making the South Coast, South Shore swing. Um, yeah. Big fan of the Moody Blues too, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I think that'll be. Um, I think that that'll be pretty cool. It's very. It's very interesting. So I have been making attempts for several years now 
And honestly, I, I keep my radio show going until this moment happens to get Paul McCartney on my radio show. Mm. And Orton, you know, I usually get the sorry, not happening. No, we can't do it. Yeah. When he came, I, I I've think. i trying to get Justin Bieber forever. <laughs> Justice <laughs> Bieber. Ju who's Justice Bieber? Um, <laughs> yeah. For the office. Crime fighting there. Bieber. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've seen it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, uh, you know, so I, I think I missed my best opportunity this past summer with. Uh, McCartney being in Boston two nights. I think he stayed over. Mm -hmm. I tried my very best. Unfortunately, I was like, can I come in? We can pre-record a segment. doesn't have to come out to the studio. Yeah. Like, we'll do whatever needs to be done. And then I would retire the show. Like, yeah, once I have Paul it. McCartney on, yeah. I wouldn't be like, I mean, I've met him. I met him um, nine and a half years ago. I was 24. So I peaked professionally <laughs> at the age of 24. Right. Um, I will never... Somebody said, is there anything you could do professionally to top that? I go, I could be elected president of the United States of America, and I would probably still say meeting Paul McCartney was the greatest <laughs> yes. accomplishment of my profession. How did life. you meet him? So, ironically, that's on YouTube, so we can watch that in the next break. But I, when I worked for Senator Headland, then Senator Headland, because the mayor of Weymouth now, he mm -hmm. used to file animal protection legislation. And Paul McCartney, being yes. a vegetarian, a huge animal rights activist, right. so condensed story and my family that's listening has heard this a million times in the last 10 years i sent an email to mccartney's people and said look senator headland would love to recognize paul mccartney at his show next week in boston grateful for all he's done to raise uh animal uh protection awareness and we are hopeful that his energy will be able to get some passage of some bills that the senator is working on as it relates to the bull hook for elephants and other uh, gestation crates and other other things and they 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 said sure. I, I I will never forget. It was actually I was off, and the chief of staff texted me. Says you're going to get a call from Monday. Go on answer. And I thought he was fooling me because everybody's sort of like, yeah, fine, go ahead and pursue this. You're not going to get Paul McCartney to agree to meet Bob Headline. <laughs> right. It's not happening. Yeah. And when I got the call, it was his personal assistant. She goes, I've spoken with Paul this morning, and you know he's looking forward to the citation. And I will say this, Bob did perhaps the coolest thing I think for me was I'm holding the citation for Paul McCartney and I'm looking at the senator and, and you know, obviously he's the senator. He's going to present the citation. And I said, you know, Senator, are you going to give me a cue? Like, should I listen for a word for when I should hand off the citation? And he goes, just relax. So Paul McCartney comes out and had a conversation with him and get to the end of the conversation. And Senator Hedlund said to Paul, you know, this is my age, Jared. He's a huge fan of yours, huge fan of the Beatles. I brought smelling salts to revive him in case he fainted. I'm glad he's still standing. I've never like, oh my God, you're a fan of the Beatles? I've never met a fan. I've never met a fan before. Usually they're fans of Wings or Say, Say, Say. Um, but but he said to, but what he said to McCartney, and, and I will never forget this for as long as I live, he goes, I've never done this in my career, but I'm going to allow him to present you with the citation from the Massachusetts State Senate. And I got to read, and it's funny because I'm like holding the citation, and Paul McCartney's like leaning in over my shoulder as I read the citation to him. And I get to the end of it, and I go, I know it's not being knighted or anything, but it's the best we can do. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you know what? It's not knighthood, it's animalhood. So I'm happy with it. Uh, but he was, in all honesty, people say don't meet your heroes, right? Because like they never live up to what you think they should be. Because they're just the people. They are yeah. just right. But Paul McCartney was legitimately super nice, super humble. You know, there were a couple of, of, of um, other, you know, there were a couple of females in our group that were meeting him with us and... 
he walks up to them and he goes, well, why haven't I been introduced to the girls yet? And he walks up to one and he goes, hi, my name's Paul. What's yours? <laughs> yeah, so just like, funny. So like with him, it's great. Cause like really what you see with him is what you get. And, yeah. And, um, and it was it was awesome, you know. That's I'm, cool. I'm so happy that Senator Hedlund gave me that opportunity. Of you course, know, it was great. It was excellent. It's very cool. Yeah. So I should have done something for him from the county last year. You should have, yeah. <laughs> Try to get him in. I didn't think of save it. more animals or something. Right. Exactly. Um, what, what did you mean by gestation crates? I, don't, I wasn't sure. So those are those are very inhumane crates that they put baby animals into um, to generally constrict their movement, oh, so they no. really can't develop muscle so that way their meat stays oh god yeah it's it's there's actually so so a lot of the animal folks have a human like a big gestation crate and uh they put it outside i'll try try and find the photo because it's ironic now um but i actually got into a gestation crate um and like you know my arms like i mean you you can sort of like you can shift side to side but like there's no there's really no movement around, so it's it's a very inhumane way it's to awful. treat animals. And um, you know, yeah. certainly, I'm I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. I I, I love. I, yeah, but I, we don't need to mistreat animals. Temple either. Grandin, I think, uh, had summed that, that up pretty nicely. She had found a, a a more humane way to sort of herd and and yeah. and um and and deal uh, deal with cows before they become uh they become a food product right but what she said basically was you know we're using them for nourishment they you know uh, we're using them for nourishment to keep us alive the 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 least we can do is treat them humanely while they're here make their life while they're here before they provide that for us um a bit more uh enjoyable and livable than like you said the gestation crates and and putting them together because they are like living sentient beings yeah Yeah. so well i don't know about the sentient part but they're living and they deserve to be treated what's the definition of sentient sentient is questioning your own reality so like sentient was 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 uh okay because like you're aware so like i think elephants might be sentient because like they are aware of death they contemplate death I think that's the general. Okay. Your contemplation of your own existence, I think, is the the general definition of okay. sentient. So I used a very loose definition of sentient. I played yeah. fast and loose with the definition yeah. of sentient, but I'm uh, I'm glad you were here to to, to correct you. my grammar and I hate on that. Doing that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's fine. like the nerdiest thing possible. I, I appreciate it. But um, you know what, the animals. Paul McCartney has made the point, and and look, I, this these were issues that I didn't care that much about, and then when I started working and learning about it, I, I cared about it more. I, I fall somewhere in the middle with it. Like I certainly understand we need to eat animals for our health and well-being. But, you know, he does make a good point. If slaughterhouses had windows, everyone would be vegetarians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, another good point, like I've never slaughtered an animal. I've never killed an animal to consume it. Sure. Uh, I've never gone hunting. And now I have friends who hunt. I'm interested in hunting, but I've always said I will not hunt for sport. I If I'm hunting, I'm eating or wearing whatever it is that I kill yeah. because th- I'm not killing it just to be like, let's put it on the wall and admire it. No, no. it's an animal. And I respect it enough that I, if I'm killing it, I'm consuming it. Yeah. I'm not just killing it for sport. Right. So, uh, like, uh, like Don jr. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, we're speaking with, uh, we're speaking with Jared Valenzola. He's our special guest host for the evenings, the Plymouth County commissioner, um, what we'll do is we'll take a break now. We're at the point where we're taking our uh, our eight forty break, and then we'll get back. We'll talk about you talked about ARPA funding. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk more about that for sure. Fourteen twenty WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Real time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Hey, go on down. 
South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Road was actually my introduction to the Beatles because um, my when I was a kid, my dad had just happened to get the Abbey Road CD. It was like a remaster or something, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And uh, so we used to play it all the time. And I, I for some reason, really took a liking to um, Octopus's Garden. Um, and uh, my favorite Ringo song, yeah, all time. It's a great song. And he did it live for the first time. I've seen him. I mean, I've seen McCartney seventeen times. Ringo, I've probably seen nine or ten. He had never done it live before until his past tour. My, um, my, my, uh, other than that song, my, um, my brother grew up watching Thomas the Tank Engine. So that was, me uh, too. Me that too. was my, uh, you know, my biggest, my, my most frequent exposure to, to Ringo Starr, uh, other than his music. So anyway, we're here with, uh, Jared Valenzoli. He's our special guest host for the evening. Uh, this is South Coast Night. We're taking your message on the app chat and we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500 if you want to join in on the, on the conversation. So Jared, um, we had talked about your work at the county commissioner. You had put, uh, you guys had um, distributed how much in CARES Act funds? Ninety million dollars, of which about eighty-five million went back directly into the communities. Another, um, no, be about eighty-seven million, and then we spent about two million on test kits. The other, the other uh, couple about million is vacation was, home. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not just at kidding. All. No. Well, no, and it's important you mention that because I think it's a good segue into ARPA. But it's important mm-hmm. you do mention that because there are. One of the biggest things that we made sure we did with CARES and we're doing with ARPA was when we gave our communities that money, it was done and dusted. The state, unfortunately, was giving other communities outside of Plymouth County their money, also giving them the rules. And then several months later, when the county, I'm sorry, when the state realized, hey, we screwed up and we should have never given you that money, we need that money back. Right. Because it may have been spent on something that was not um not eligible under CARES. Yeah. Um, and so then to the point with ARPA, one of the things that we've been doing with ARPA is is a very strict review process because there have been abuses and a few in Massachusetts already. Um, there have been abuses across the country of this money, millions of dollars being spent on hotels and golf courses and other things that, again, ARPA is meant to react it's a further thinking reaction to the pandemic and one of the things that i've explained you know when i talk to our communities in plymouth county is bearing in mind some of the areas that we as a as your community your community was exposed all of our communities were exposed when when the pandemic started in terms of preparedness and and all sorts of other things this money is to just further attempt to prevent another pandemic from happening or I shouldn't say that because that's not rational. You can't prevent viruses. But I think it's more to just have these communities more prepared to be able to have the infrastructure and, 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 yeah, infrastructure in place to, um, to react more yeah, efficiently. So to make to sure it. the pitfalls aren't Thank as, you, yeah, yeah, right. as severe. Thank you. That's the impacts. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how much ARPA money do you guys have? So we have a hundred million, um, approximately. Twelve million has been um, dispersed out. Um, Four million dollars to the city of Brockton to help them refurbish and rehab their Champions High School. 
uh, $2.5 million to the town of Plymouth for their water sewer treatment facility at the airport, $1.8 million and $1.7 million, respectively, to Duxbury and Marshfield, again, for water. One of the things that we talk about with ARPA is the highest and best used really does seem to be water and sewer infrastructure. Um, again, it's, yeah. you know, and this is the fun part at the county level, right? It's not it's not stuff people really want to talk about or deal with. Um, and it's stuff that unfortunately has been neglected for years and it was exposed when people were working from home. You know, it, it's, as I quip, you, you kind of take for granted when you go to the bathroom and turn the faucet, water's going to come out. And the most fundamental... Because I said on the BPW in Fairhaven, it's an elected board. The most fundamental services that you expect from your local government or state government is that the public infrastructure, water, sewer, roads, that's all the things right. that you expect every single day that's provided to by your local governments, county, right. local, state, all that. So that is really important. So you still have some money left to disperse? We do. We do. Um, ARPA is a three-year program. So CARES was sort of skittish. It was supposed to be done in December of 2020, and then it was extended until December of 2021. Okay. And then even then, we still had into September of last year to get the money out the door. So ARPA when it was passed, you have till December 31st, 2024 to have your allocation in. Now, whether or not you've started spending the money at that point is is okay. You have until 2026 to have all the money spent. Okay. So um, it's a longer program. It's more robust. Um, we have a great website, PlymouthCountyARPA.com. Um, for the Bristol County listeners, you can go to BristolCountyARPA.com. One of the things that we were able to do is I talked about the CARES Act. Plymouth County went along with the CARES Act. We were very lucky that Bristol, Norfolk, Barnstable, and Dukes counties are all doing their own ARPA programs. But as it relates to sharing the cost of the administration of this program, Plymouth, Bristol, Norfolk, and Barnstable counties are splitting the cost of our compliance team by four. So the four counties have teamed up to save money on the compliance end of the program, which is meaning more money for our individual communities within our counties. I've noted, I think Bristol and Norfolk have expended more of it faster because they didn't do cares. And mm -hmm. the needs that are in these communities are more on the forefront than they are in Plymouth County because we did cares holes weren't blown in a lot of our towns and cities budgets right like they may have been in in bristol and norfolk but they're getting the money out to these communities as well so um before we uh before actually you know what i think it'll be a good time to take our last break so we can finish out the hour strong here sure if you want to hear everything guest host jared valenzola hey jared hey marcus thanks for having me this has been a fun two hours i've i've had a lot of fun we've got another hour to go which will be the most fun i, I can my personal guarantee i Nine appreciate hour will be the most fun always hour of radio ever broadcasted <laughs> <laughs> i like that build up now we have to live yeah. up to it <laughs> yeah, i know it might get me fired right. so, <laughs> so uh so jared um any other work that you guys are doing as, as county commissioners? Yeah, so we're working right now um, with our legislative partners to hopefully get um, some form of an increase in our uh, deeds excise receipts. So one of the things that, that hamstrings counties is our budget is extremely limited. We can't tax. As a Republican, that does not bother me. Um, mm -hmm. But we can't levy any tax. How do you so drive revenue then? We derive revenue from registry of deeds. Okay. Uh, and, and we do. I shouldn't say we don't. I mean, each community pays us... Um, uh, an assessment, which is obviously from tax dollars, it's a tax, yeah. but it's, you know, it's through the town. So uh, it comes from the town, but we can't 
like adjust. We can't raise that, right? We're we're capped by two and a half, ironically, on that as well. Right. Um, but we derive most of our revenue from deeds, excise receipts. So as, as you can imagine, the last couple of years we've had um, significant revenue thanks to the refinances. Mm-hmm. We use that to pre-fund our pension liability. So the last two things that we do very successfully in Plymouth County is in 2015, we formed the Plymouth County OPEB Trust Fund, other post-employment benefits. Yep. Again, when I talk about boring stuff that the county does, it's boring, but and you know, Marcus, because you've been involved for, for years, OPEB is the billion-dollar piano hanging over the heads of every community in the Commonwealth yes. and a lot of government entities across the country. Yeah. It's paying for retirees and their spouses, health insurance, dental. We had a Ward 3 candidate in here who's a finance, who's a finance uh, director at the Rhode Island State Senate. He was like, I wonder what New Bedford's doing about OPEB. Right. You know, it's not right. something people talk about. It's yeah. not. It's something people don't want to talk about, but it's a liability. So we have onboarded uh, a handful of towns, more than a handful. I believe we're over 30 communities. Again, don't have to be in Plymouth County to utilize the service, but our actualized gains since 2015 have been around seven and a half to 9%, uh, which has outpaced other like trust fund systems. I believe the state's been at about three or 4% in terms of um, return performance. So we are currently um, continuing to onboard communities to get that in there to help blunt the trauma of those benefits when they right. become due to folks, you know, uh, and I know a lot of my fiscal conservative friends were probably rolling their eyes. Well, why would a Republican do this? The bottom line is we employed people, communities employed people. They were given conditions of employment. They were given benefits. They agreed to them. They did a job. They deserve to have their, their benefits as anybody else would. So it's an expectation of taking the job too. It's exactly. why you take jobs like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are, we are create, we created that program to be able to execute, um, hopefully blunting the trauma that some of these communities can face and we're doing it better than a lot of our like similar trust funds out there in the last one of the last things to do is the mayflower municipal health group i'm um, not really necessarily totally with the county um we do have a, a vote on it because we are a participating member um but our premiums tend to be cheaper and lower um it's a 75 25 split um at least in plymouth county um communities might be different based on what they've negotiated but in my experience i've worked for the state i've worked in the private sector it's been one of the best health insurance um deals i've ever had in terms of the out-of-pocket costs monthly so it's um it's a great benefit um, for folks that are participating in Mayflower. So we, we're proud of a lot of the stuff we've done. You know, we don't have a school. Bristol County has a school. Norfolk County has a school yeah. that 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 gives them purpose. Yeah. Um, and I'm really proud, you know, in my short time as a commissioner, but again, my colleagues, Treasurer O'Brien, Register Buckley, Commissioner Wright, Commissioner Handley, of the work that they've done to get us to a point where now Plymouth County is being looked at as a vehicle. And I'm optimistic that if we can get an increase in our deeds excise share, because the Commonwealth takes 90%. So for every dollar we collect in deeds excise, we keep 10%, 10 cents, the Commonwealth takes 90. Wow. The, they are county employees. This is true in Bristol and true in Norfolk. They're county employees. They're on our payroll. We pay their benefits. Mm-hmm. The state, we own their buildings. The state takes most of the money. So, you know, one of the big things that we're really pushing for is an increase in that share, at least for us in Plymouth. It would give us an opportunity to really hopefully continue to be a vehicle for regionalized services to save communities money and also um, effectuate economies of scale. So, um, uh, that's very nicely said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I uh, appreciate that. Uh, one quick 30-second uh, uh, question. As a Republican, how have you used um, the county commissioner's seat to sort of um, do Republican stuff? You know, in terms of partisanly, I, I would say we didn't do a vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, we incentivized our employees to get vaccinated, but we didn't threaten to fire them uh, okay. if they didn't. So I think that's something... 
I think that was a, a policy that demonstrated what it would mean to have Republicans in office. We have mm-hmm. a majority, and and we consciously decided, first of all, like 97% of our employees were already vaccinated anyway. We incentivized them for getting it, and we incentivized those who didn't, and, and folks who weren't did. Um, 